if we learned anything from any of our Bilgewater episodes, <laughs> word travels fast in a port city. <laughs> and also, if you're Pike, you can write underwater. <laughs> to see how long you would sit there staring. <laughs> Welcome to the Casual Zerudera Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Oh, it's episode 31. Oh, wait, no, it's 131. What are we doing? Where, where are we? Who am I? You, like, you didn't even finish introducing yourself, like, let alone me. <laughs> All right, that's I'm it. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm here with the other host, Edge. What's up? Yeah, that's a wrap. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you you would think after over a hundred episodes, how could they make a mistake? Well, we're human. <laughs> well, Hedge is a human. I'm a vampire. It's a long story. Oh my god! <laughs> Get us to housekeeping. I can't with you today. Up top. <laughs> uh, you can listen to us everywhere. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Remember, that's C-O-R. Uh, follow us on all the platforms if you can. We appreciate it. It helps with discoverability. Uh, but leave a like. Leave a comment. And then tell a friend to become anything or anyone they want by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Yeah, that's right. We control what kind of person that you are, all right? You think oh, you no. want it, but we control it, all right? Call us a Black Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're talking about me, myself, and I, the Nico story. Um, oh, well, it's not the right. Nico story, but it's Nico's bio. We chose the title because we're creative. And, <laughs> and we we're going to start off like every episode we do, right? Spells. Yes. So uh, unfortunately, as far as like for Nico, when it comes to the card game, mm -hmm. it's kind of slim pickings as far as the spell, um, just to be honest. So I was lame and just went with the champion spell. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about Shape Splitter. Uh, so this is a three mana uh, fast speed spell, and it has create an exact ephemeral copy of an ally, then swap them. Um, and as far as this card goes, like, I find nothing wrong with this card. I find it actually pretty damn good because uh, we saw how syncopation kind of flipped everything on its head when it came out. Yeah. I don't know if that's entirely, you know, just Irelia's fault, <laughs> like the pre-nerf Irelia. Yeah. But it, syncopation still a really strong spell. This doesn't have the effect of being... Um, being burst speed but it does have the benefit of you can play it on a single unit you don't have to have the wide board so i think that's a fair trade-off for it um and otherwise you know it's a good card but of course we have to talk about the flavor text here which is just a direct quote from nico uh and it is nico is here nico is there nico could be anywhere <laughs> and you know, i that, I think that perfectly sums up Nico. All right, like I, I can't think of a better way to sum up Nico. <laughs> yeah, this card does a great job of putting into perspective why Nico exists. She's a champion that's not meant to be 
like some big shock to the system of the story or to be a big player. And when you have, you know, hundreds, a hundred, over a hundred characters, you can't really, every character can't be important, right? Um, but she is meant to be fun, carefree, and positive vibes, right? So her cards reflect that, her bio's gonna reflect that, and the story as well. A hundred percent. And going on with those, you know, fun vibes, uh, it takes us over to the follower. Uh, and this is a card that I do really like. Uh, we're going to talk about Anura and Froop, um, which is already just a fun name. Uh, so Anura and Froop is a three mana, uh, three mana, two, two. And the effect they have is allies that have a different subtype than other allies in play cost one less. Um, and when we get to talking about Nico's card, uh, this the this card will make sense as far as why it's so good uh, with Nico. Like this is this is going to be played basically at in every Nico deck if your goal is to flip Nico. Um, but I mean, otherwise, like the effect is just good. You can never get you can never discount the power of discounting the cost of cards. It, that's always going to be a powerful effect. Uh, and the flavor text on this one is a direct quote from Anura and it is I won't hurt you friend I come I came to this jungle for science not destruction and uh that combined with like the art like it's just so freaking cute uh because yeah. you've got like this you know a, a scientist in Anura with this gigantic frog like being worn as a backpack <laughs> uh and but like if you open up the full card art on it uh you can see that Nico is actually the creature that Anura is talking to like yep. it's Nico kind of backed up into a corner um and so especially once we get like deeper into talking more about Nico, it, the, having characters like this is just a good thing for Nico specifically because she is someone that is kind of afraid of just, you know, all of society. So it, it's nice to see a friendly face when so much of the time she's running into unfriendly faces. Exactly. So let's take us to our story. And like we mentioned, her story's not anything too crazy. It's pretty straightforward. It's an introduction of Nico, where she came from, where she ends up. Uh, and then we get to know a bit more about her in the subsequent episode. Uh, but we start with Nico being born on an unknown island in the east, far east. So we're thinking further than Ionia. Hetch has mentioned before, as we talked about the map and the geography, which we do a good bit, that this is essentially like the starting geography. We think that... Once we get an MO, once we get some more expansion in the universe, we're going to expand out. If you've played like World of Warcraft for since it's been out, you know that the initial map is never the initial map or never the future map as we get more discovery. Because when you have pirates, when you have trade, when you have all these things, uh, you tend to expand out more and more into unknown lands. Yep. And we already know from that this is something that Riot has kind of set up for themselves with you know the release of arcane and getting more details as far as like hex tech technology and turning that into hex gates uh and that combined with what we know about bandle city there's a they set themselves a foundation to build upon the map that's already there so um nico is obviously going to be one of the characters uh that we could probably get to see like in an expansion of like where do the Vastaya come from? And yeah. 
So, because we, we already don't know where her island is. <laughs> it's not on the map. <laughs> exactly. So this is where the last members of the ancient Vestayan tribe remain called the Uvacat. And they are peaceful and they have this spiritual essence known as Shoma that can blend with beings both physically and mentally within their proximity. Um, and this allows them to essentially be mimics, right? You think about mimics in any fantasy, this is essentially what the Uvacat is. All right. See, I, I was on board until you started comparing them to mimics oh, from all that's fantasy. Right. I, um, I, I just realized and my I am sure yeah. I am sure there are other D and D players out there that just kind of went, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see where I have fallen. <laughs> but but otherwise, no, like I, I I fully agree with that. Like they like they are the mimics of this world. But luckily, you know, thanks to the world that Riot's built, they they're more along the lines of Yordles. And not along the lines of D and D mimics. All right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're we're looking at fun and fluffy, not Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so Nico, compared to these other Ubicats, is more unique, right? She's more curious and energetic personality, and she likes to play games. She likes to play games. She likes to do hide and seek with trinkets, and she lives this pure, innocent life on this island until a cataclysmic event happens, and this can be. Listen, we're talking about Runeterra. This is episode 131. <laughs> it could be any of many. Like, because we're what? We've we've discussed at least four ruinations? Four or five. Four or five ruinations. And I mean, like, let's and let's say you and I are wrong about, you know, the map growing. Yeah. All right. And so then if like we look at the map and then we turn it into like a globe. That would mean that this island would be kind of close to like the Ferelyord. And maybe this cataclysmic event was that they were, you know, just part of the casualties of Volibear and Orin's yep. fight. We're on the same page. I was yeah. just about to say that. Yeah. We don't so, know. They don't specify. Right. And we, as far as like I know, I don't think that there is anything out there that we could like guarantee pinpoint what cataclysmic event this is yeah. uh, but we do know that it's enough to kind of chase nico out of her home uh, yeah yeah and with the help of the elders who make a decision you know to save the next generation um, nico's able to escape the destruction of her homeland and she turns into a bird uh doesn't do very well in this transformation <laughs> but she's able to flee the smoldering destruction and while she's fleeing, she can also feel kind of her people disappearing slowly and fading into the distance. And then days later, she's exhausted and she falls into the ocean or the sea and cling to driftwood. And this takes her to a mercantile vessel, which she boards quietly, that's heading towards Haroport Sharima. Yeah. And I do kind of want to focus uh, a little bit as far as like the with her escape, how she is sensing the the loss of her homeland and being able to feel her people fading away, because um, that is kind of interesting because it's these are at the moment. These are really the only details that we get about Shoma, um, which is very interesting because it's kind of plays out more like the force right like yeah. it, for me like I'm, I'm getting vibes of like yoda sensing the you know order 66 at yeah. the end of the clone wars um so i that's kind of interesting and it kind of you know 
I wonder if like Riot at some point maybe will try to play more with this whole Shoma thing and maybe like introduce another one of these ancient Vestayans that can use the Shoma in more in a more aggressive way. I don't know, but I, I think that's kind of interesting that, you know, we already have so much that we can pull from other fantasy things that it's neat that they're still kind of adding more into this world because like, especially when we're, you know, building up for an MMO, these are exciting things to be looking at, right? Like, Hey, what if you could be a Jedi in Runeterra? <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely the most, probably the most ephemeral thing we've talked about um, in Runeterra because when we talk about the spirit realm, as it applies to these ancient Vistayas, it's not the same as the spirit realm in present day that Shen kind of can go in between, right? This is this is more of a fugue state uh, than something so solidified and defined like that spirit realm. And it's also nothing like Bandle City, right? Um, which is essentially a realm in between realms, uh, but it's also not in between timelines. So this is definitely its own new thing and probably the most important aspect of Nico's story. I mean, that just kind of reinforces like how little we know about Nico's people and how they interact with the Shoma, the spirit world yeah. and everything around them. And we may never get to know that because of Nico's origins. So um, but, you know, that maybe that's an episode that we can do like later on. Because yeah. now we got to, you know, follow her through a heart heraport. Yeah, not every not every story needs midichlorians, right? You don't have to. Sometimes not knowing is better than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so once the ship arrives, uh, she's kind of entranced by all the hustle and bustle of the different personalities and people in this crowd. Think like a Bilgewater, but before Bilgewater, because Bilgewater is just a giant port. Um, and she was spotted by another Vistaya, uh, a sailor named Crete. And for my book club listeners, you know, when you hang out with me, uh, you will know that long, there's a long history of Vestine sailors, um, specifically from Sharima, and that's kind of a reference to Venix uh, in that story. So this is cool to see this callback, because this is a very small detail. And he asked her, he's like, hey, where are you from? Who's your tribe? And she can't really understand his words, because her people don't really talk. They kind of feel each other. And... She tries to use Shoma by mimicking his face. He doesn't like this, and she can sense he doesn't like this because he's also mimicking his emotions. <laughs> so <laughs> she knows what he's feeling, and this kind of makes her scared. Oh, my goodness. Could you? For probably the first time in her life, too. Yeah. Could you imagine that, like, you just, like, see someone that you, like, reminds you of, like, maybe, like, a cousin yeah. or, like, someone that you met, like, you know, maybe years ago that it's like, oh my God, they look just like that person. And then it's like, you go up to them and you just try to see like, maybe they know them or whatnot. Yeah. And instead of responding to you at all, their face just changes to yours. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I too would be a little uh, afraid. And, and in a port city, this will spread. This experience will spread. <laughs> if we learned anything from any of our Bilgewater episodes, <laughs> word travels fast in a port city. <laughs> and also, if you're Pike, you can write underwater. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut for our, our, our veteran listeners. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is a real deep cut. I love it. 
she runs off into the crowd and she's constantly changing her shape for safety reasons so no one can really know what's going on until she's able to escape into some lush surrounding greenery, which she's more comfortable with. And now she's in their hinterlands, right? Nico's kind of reflecting on her experience as she's in this space. Uh, and she's baffled that, you know, this specific species of people uh, relies on language to communicate. Uh, it feels limiting to her. I mean, it would feel limiting if you're like, as, again, you know, like to kind of beat the a dead horse, like the force reference. Like if you're able to communicate using the force and basically like just telepath <laughs> telepathic communication at all times. Yeah. And it's like, why would I have to open my air hole? Like what is wrong with these guys? <laughs> we see this. I, oh, I get to do a deep cut here or a, a reference to some uh my forgotten realms people. So Ooh, if you're okay. familiar with uh, illithids and certain dark elves that like to hang around with illithids um, with certain magical traits, uh, sometimes I mean, first of all, it's rare for a non-Illithid to be around them and to be in that society. But when that person has to reintegrate outside of that, they sometimes lose the ability to speak the drow language, for instance, because they're like, oh, shit, I haven't used my mouth in so long, right? Because that's not the way yep. they communicate, because for Illithids, that would be inefficient and limiting. Yep. And I like that's exactly what Nico is basically expressing here, which yeah. I, it makes sense to me, like, because uh, not only not only is it the fact that you like you haven't used your mouth forever, but like the other like you I, I think the illithids are not a good example for this statement. But, mm -hmm. you know, like being able to communicate with the Shoma is a more intimate form of communication as well, yeah. because you're sensing emotions. Yeah. Um. So you don't have to worry about what that person's thinking because you're both on the same page at all times. Yeah. Whereas like it is very limiting as far as words. I don't know if I would want to have like that intimate discussion with illithids, but I, no. uh, you know, I, you know, to each their own. It's been written. It's happened. And we know the result. <laughs> we know that it doesn't turn out well. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That That's a different show. <laughs> that is a very different show. <laughs> so we get a cameo here while she's in the jungle. Uh, Nico finds a group of jungle cats and she transforms into a jungle cat and just kind of runs along with them. And she feels more at place in this situation. Uh, she feels more comfortable in this environment as well. And then suddenly the leader transforms into this beautiful, strong, dark-haired woman. And this throws her off. Uh, yeah, I finally was comfortable. And then all of a sudden there's someone else who can transform. Yeah. And they're not of the same Vestayan race as me. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm thrown for a loop. Full-on panic attack mode. Uh but I, if there's any League of Legends fans out there, or even now any Runeterra fans out there, you know who this is. Yep. You know who she's run into. We got Nidalee showing up. What? <laughs> and I, I for one, am always going to be a fan of seeing Nidalee in any story. Totally Why? not for personal reasons. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Totally you. We We know. It's been 100 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hide in the shadows anymore. <laughs> you creep. <laughs> uh, so what skin was she using? <laughs> <laughs> so as Nidalee re reveals herself, 
she's hesitant to accept Nico in the group, but she does. And Nico's hesitant to trust them with some of her secrets about her background because she is very different. And even with those two things, they keep hanging out and soon you get a friendship that blossoms. And for months, they just roam around the wilds together, living out their best lives. I like this. This is obviously like for me, this is like the best part of the story because, you know, it's like uh, so many of like these kinds of more, I guess, comedic relief characters, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Uh, like you just kind of want them to be happy yeah. because it's like that's all they want. They they just want to be happy. And this is arguably like the best point of her story because it's like, you know, it was very reluctant at first, but they were able to reach an understanding and become friends. Yeah. And that's all Nika wants is friends because all of her friends are probably dead already. Yeah. <laughs> like that's rough. So it's like, yay, go live your best life. Go turn into a cat and run around the forest. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all wish we could? Yep. <laughs> Cats don't pay taxes. <laughs> and they can poop wherever they want. <laughs> Other people will clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> so during this time frame, there's still that nagging thing in the back of Nico's mind because She's a curious figure, right? She likes to she likes to go into the unknown, even though it scares her. And that thought is the towns and cities that they're passing by uh, that are around the jungles. And she wants to go. She wants to go there again, but she also wants them to come with her. She wants this group to join her on this journey, but she can't convince Nidalee to do so and can't convince the group to join her on this journey. So... She's sad about it, but she is determined to do it, so she leaves alone. And this is definitely, like, the part of her story that does set her apart from some of, like, the other Yordles mm -hmm. uh, stories. Um, obviously, she's not a Yordle, but her storyline is very similar to a Yordle. Because, uh, I mean, this is the same things that we would hear with, like, Poppy, Rumble, um, it's that they were different from the other Yordles. Yeah. They wanted to adventure out, and they found curiosity in humans, and they went out. Whereas for Nidalee, like, or not Nidalee, for Nico, she has ventured out. Yeah. She has found a new group that she is trusted and and instead of, you know, settling in with this group and this is where her bio ends, she's determined to do something more grandiose. Yeah. Um, and as far as like that grandiose goal is to create essentially recreate the society that she's lost, like try to recreate a society that is more in tuned with Shoma than just with the limited ways of humans. So that, that that I do like this little detail in there, even though it does make me sad because, again, we just want the cute little cinnamon roll to be happy. Um, and she's <laughs> foregoing that initial happiness for a loftier goal that will end up making her happy, too. Yeah. And that takes us to our card. It's where the bio ends. We leave off for now until our story episode. So check that out when it comes out. But her card is pretty unique to Nico. Obviously, she's of the Rotera region, um, no specific attached region, which means she has an origin card. And the origin card uh, is for the many-shaped jungle friends, which says that you may put a bird, cat, dog, elnik, uh, fae, reptile, and spider followers into your deck during deck building. And this plays into her ability. So she's a 2-2. 
uh, two. I forgot one. (laughs) (laughs) And she has, on the play, you may disguise me as one of three two-cost followers from my origin. And to level up, um, you've attacked with allies that have six different subtypes. So Hetch mentioned uh, the subtypes earlier and the cards that help you discount those so you can actually play them. Yep, and I like I do like that this has like the disguise uh, on it because it, it kind of adds like another level to uh, Rune Terror that we haven't really had before of like, you know, that kind of gotcha play style. Um, so I that is already something that's very interesting to me. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I like to build really bad decks uh <laughs> so i have played a lot with like elnooks and poros already um so to finally have a champion that really speaks to that kind of yeah. play style is just already you know they good job they nailed this uh but <laughs> as he <laughs> but builds of course, a magic rat deck <laughs> shut this up this guy <laughs> I will shit. run over Friday Night Magic with rats. I swear. <laughs> uh, but obviously, you know, again, you, you like this is one where I think like they did a good job of translating like how the champion plays in League of Legends to mm-hmm. Runeterra. Uh, and we haven't even talked about the flip side yet. Yeah. The quote on the front side real quick is Nico can take many shapes, but her heart never changes, always leading her back to her family and her forest. And that's referencing not her like her found family and forest post bio. Yes. And then flip side. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Like as far as like the found family, if you're curious about it, just open the full card art of the front side and you will see the found family and her found family is adorable (laughs) (laughs) on the flip side she gets that plus one plus one we're familiar with she gets elusive which makes sense and then she has attack grant allies that have a subtype everywhere plus one plus one dude the fact that the word there is grant is awesome Mm -hmm. all right like the and this is something that like you know really dumb players like myself really needed for you know your poro decks which was a a way to finish the game right like or i i guess not really finish the game it was a way to stick like to have that just you know inevitability to it and like if nico's granting them plus one plus one every attack oh yeah Oh yeah, they're they're gonna have to deal with it. So I, I, I'm very excited to have Nico in the game. Yeah, and then the quote on this side is shapes and colors, colors and shapes. Nico can be them all. How how trippy would it be if she just if there was just a floating circle? (laughs) 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 Like she just appears to you as like an um, just a ball of gas. Like, uh, yeah. What it, the hell? <laughs> and then the ball of gas just starts talking. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about the color aspect of her sensory later because it's just swaying more in the story. But for now, that's that's the story uh, for today. So always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody. <laughs>